Hey, it's Cherie here, your Strides Forward host and producer. And before we get to the episode, I wanted to let you know about another podcast I think you'll really love. It's the Run Farther and Faster podcast with running coaches Lisa and Julie. This is the only show I'm aware of that has a dedicated focus around the Boston Marathon. But honestly, whatever marathon you choose to run, or even if you're not interested in running marathons per se, you'll be certain to find information and inspiration to fuel whatever your running pursuits are. And I find that that is because Julie and Lisa have a lot of experience to share, both as coaches and as runners themselves. They started this podcast back in 2018 because with their 27 times combined running Boston, they just wanted to help other runners run their best Boston marathon. And in the time that they've had the podcast, they have interviewed experts on nutrition, recovery, mental health, strength training. They've just looked at lots of topics that help runners stay healthy and motivated to train and race their best. They've also featured some iconic Boston marathoners like Catherine Switzer and 1985 Boston winner Lisa Rainsberger. And I just really like their chemistry. They're really fun to listen to, and they're just great on the mic together. So go check them out. They're the Run Farther and Faster podcast with Lisa and Julie. You can find them on all the popular podcast apps, and you can learn about them more on their website, runfartherandfaster.com. All right. Now on to the episode. My name is Rochelle Solomon. Hi, my name is Zara Hoffer. My name is Maria. Hello, my name is Nicole Pinto. My name is Amanda Waters. Let me introduce myself. I'm Yao, okay? My full name is Yao Pahoy Sangwan. Well, hi, my name is Jana Moss. My name is Patty Hung. And I am Cherie Louise Turner, and together we are nine women from around the world who share one goal, to run the 2021 Boston Marathon, which takes place this year on October 11th. This is Strides Forward, where we feature stories of women runners. This is episode four of our Roads to Boston series, which is following the journeys of us nine runners to the 125th Boston Marathon. Whether the Boston Marathon is in your future plans or your running interests take a different shape, join us to energize your own inspirations of reaching big goals. If you haven't listened to the previous episodes of this series, beginning with the trailer, I, of course, would love it if you did. It'll give you greater context and a more complete picture of the series as a whole, and you'll get to know the runners a little bit better. However, if you prefer to jump in here, that's fine too. To know, so far in the series, we've covered how we all got started in the sport and what inspired us to all pursue marathons. Here, we're going to take a look at what training for a marathon looks like for all of us. We dropped in to get a snapshot of everyone's Boston 2021 preparation right around the halfway point. It's a time when the excitement of starting your training program has well passed, but there are still many hard weeks of training to go. What does living the marathon life look like when you are in the thick of it? The broad outline of the marathon life is the training program. 
And for Patty Hung, who is training for her 35th consecutive Boston Marathon, that is a well-known path. So my training program has actually been going quite well. I have been doing this training program for uh, 34 years for Boston, so I know it pretty well. It's kind of um, a program that I had read about and fine-tuned over the years. But it's a three-month program, and it involves the first month with some emphasis on strength, the second month's emphasis on speed, and then the last month's emphasis on endurance. And there you have it, all you ever needed to know about training for a marathon. Okay, of course, I am kidding, but these are some really solid guidelines. And a roughly three-month or 100-day program is pretty common, especially for runners who have some experience at the distance. That said, I will also note that I cannot recall ever meeting a marathoner who has stuck to the same program year after year after year, especially not one that they made for themselves. For many runners, myself included, tinkering with training is an ongoing activity. For Nicole Spaulding, who works as a cardiovascular perfusionist, she's trying a new approach to adjust to life's demands. I decided to take a more laid-back approach with really all intentions of taking it all in in Boston and really enjoying the process of a more casual training plan. Work has been a little bit crazy this year due to COVID. I do work in healthcare, and therefore my hours are a lot more than I'm used to, which limits the amount of time I have to train. So instead of stressing out about the amount of time I have to train, I decided to not put that pressure on myself and do what I can. Always the balancing act. Trying to figure out what you can work in among the demands of the rest of life. Sometimes those demands are unplanned, like navigating a pandemic as a healthcare worker. And sometimes the changes are planned for, but that doesn't make them any less challenging to adjust to. And this is something Amanda Waters has been experiencing. My last in-person marathon was the 2019 Boston Marathon. Since then, my husband and I welcomed a baby into our family. Having a child has been the biggest change in my training compared to how I trained in the past. My husband and I both work full-time, but because of the pandemic, we also have our daughter at home with us. We also are both avid runners. He's actually my coach. Squeezing in our essential runs, like our long runs and our speed intervals, has been challenging. And trying to recondition my body postpartum has been a much slower process than I had hoped. This, I think, is also partially due to the pandemic and a lack of motivation at times because there was nothing to train for. Having something to train for is definitely a big motivation for all of us marathoners. It's one of the main reasons I enter events. They provide structure and purpose to my athletic endeavors. And of course, preparing for a marathon isn't only about checking off a series of workouts. It's not just an item on a to-do list. Marathon preparation has an impact on everyday life, 
and everyday life impacts marathon training. As Zara Hoffer became more invested in her running, she discovered the importance of eating well, which has led her to becoming a nutritionist. So when it came to making adjustments to her preparation for Boston 2021, part of her focus has been on how she is fueling for her long runs. This has also been spurred by the fact that she does not like gels, the syrup-like products that are very popular among endurance athletes. And I'll say I'm fine with just about all the gels and other popular sports food products, like energy bars and drink mixes. But at some point, I do get tired of yet another Cliff Bar or another Boston Cream Pie goo or a birthday cake flavored goo. And I know I'm not alone. So I was particularly interested to hear about Zara's home experimentations in her quest to find some alternatives to the prepackaged products that most of us turn to. Along the way, she did find some things that didn't work. I've taken nuts along, which is not a good idea. Um, It's too dry and it's hard to chew and then you're choking it down, so I definitely wouldn't recommend nuts. I've taken fruit, but that's not really great because the packaging for that is is challenging. Although taking a banana with you on the run, it already comes prepackaged, which is fantastic. And while bananas can be an on-the-go option, I'm far more excited about trying the kitchen concoctions that Zara's found success with. I really like doing a mix of maple syrup with some sea salt or pink salt and um, adding a little bit of ginger. There is already. I've also taken little roasted or barbecued yam rounds with me and those have worked really well. Generally, I've brushed them with some olive oil and salt, and on the barbecue, they were probably the best. I know it sounds weird. What else have I tried? I've also taken um, kind of some crackers with uh, nut butter in them and wrapped those up with me. Uh, Oh, I've made lots of energy balls, and that probably works the best. So what I've done is made them with dates and nuts or seeds, uh, blended them in the food processor and made them into little energy balls with coconut butter. Those I really enjoy. Now the only thing with all of this is because I'm going to be traveling to Boston to run the race, I obviously won't be able to bring a lot of this stuff with me. So I think what the easiest and my best plan will be for actually fueling in the marathon will be the the maple syrup concoction with pink sea salts and some ginger and I can easily bring that with me in the race and I usually just take it in a one of those bendy bottles and easily mix with water as well. Whatever experimenting we're doing or plans we have, a huge factor in marathon preparation is the weather that you train in. Boston normally happens in April on Patriots Day, which means that runners train through the winter. For this year's Boston, of course, we are all training through the summer. Patty points out how that's impacted her. So some of the hardships of this uh, training period, number one, the weather has been hot. I live in California in the East Bay, and the weather here has been very hot 
and dry. We also have the fires to contend with. And in my area, we get some of the air quality change, and that has been a factor in trying to breathe some healthy air as, we, as I run my long miles. It has been a challenge, even for those of us who aren't dealing with the awful circumstances of wildfire smoke. The heat of summer is tough to train through. I find it exhausting and totally frustrating. I've even flat out gotten mad at how hot it is. But it's also reality. So with a little attitude adjustment, a lot of hydration, and making a point to get out early— Even I have made my peace with the heat and humidity. Well, mostly. Another factor that can throw a training program off its tracks is illness or injury. Staying healthy and injury-free is a big focus in marathon training. Maria has unfortunately experienced a string of frustrating setbacks. So uh, finishing my virtual Boston, I had an injury. I didn't run for two months. Then I came back, ran for two months, and then I heavily broke my arm. So I didn't train for more than two months. And then when I started running, I had an accident while running in Central Park in New York. In June, I got hit by a bicycle rider who was checking her phone while riding and uh, My feet is hurt in a way that I still cannot walk. And I'm really sad to have recently received the update from Maria that she won't be running Boston. Although she's been staying fit and strong, putting in miles on the bike, her foot just isn't healing fast enough to be ready to run 26.2 miles in October. And this is a disappointing reality of sports. Sometimes you have to make choices that are best for the long run, but are also a real bummer right now. And Maria isn't the only one who's experienced an injury. Jana's been experiencing her own setback. I have been battling excruciating shin splints in my left leg. So I have predominantly uh, transitioned my training into pool workouts. I've been doing essentially what's called aqua jogging, and I've been um, so swimming and then just jogging in the water. Um, but the biggest thing, the challenge, is that aqua jogging is by no means as fun as running outside. Um, it's boring. So I've been trying to do intervals um, to kind of you know be able to to keep my heart rate up for hour, hour and a half. The longest I've been able to go has been two hours. But I'm, I'm hoping to slowly start transitioning back into running. But it's, it's certainly been um, challenging, not only physically, but more so just mentally challenging. Um, you know, just knowing that I am falling behind on my training schedule, but hoping that I'm at least uh, maintaining some degree of fitness. Jana has been on the mend, so her road to Boston continues. And yes, continuing. That's a big theme in marathon training. Keeping at it. Remaining consistent in your efforts. This is a gradual and increasingly more challenging building process. It takes time and continued effort. And motivational strategies come in very handy, as Yao knows well. I feel 
happy. Okay, it it's tired sometimes, but after that, I feel like I accomplish something. For example, uh, I will have fast run three days a week: Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. I have to prepare myself before go to bed and and tell to myself that okay, tomorrow is your fast run. What you need to do is just uh focus and sleep more. Try to sleep as much as you can and eat enough <laughs> the day before. And when you wake up, you have to set your mindset that okay, this is the time you have to focus. Well prepare. Uh, warm up. Enough warm up will help. Because when you have to run fast, you have to uh, let your body know that okay, you have to run extra fast, and then you sit and you know focus on that, and then just go. When your body ready, just go and make it happen. I know she makes it sound so simple, and in a way, it kind of is. Set your mind on getting the work done and just go and make it happen. For Patty, who was a high school math teacher for 36 years and also the running coach there for many seasons, motivation comes in a slightly different form. I've been uh, doing some speed intervals on the track that I helped build at my high school where I taught. It's uh, very nostalgic for me to do track workouts there at Miramani High School. Pretty cool, right? Training on a track that you helped make? Ah, I love it. Now, marathon training is certainly a lot about putting in miles on your feet, fast and slow. But not entirely. Strength training helps runners get strong and avoid injuries, and doing other sports can help you gain fitness without taxing your body with the repetitive motion of running. All of these other training activities are commonly called cross-training. And then there is the critical element of rest and recovery. The only way to experience the payoff of all this effort is to allow your body enough time to absorb it and recover from it. For every runner, the approach to cross-training and the strategy for recovery varies because every single body has different needs and tolerances. So to get a sense of the variety, behold, a sample platter of approaches from Jana, Maria, Rochelle, and Zara. I'm someone that's always preferred some form of active recovery, um, and, and preferably something that's outside. So, you know, typically that's something like going for a slow bike ride or going for a walk with a friend or going golfing with my husband. We have a paddle board, so sometimes it's taking the paddle board out onto the lake. But um, I find just being outdoors for me is both mentally and physically very refreshing. Uh, there are two ways uh, that I recover from running. Since being a triathlete, I actually swim and bike. So I'm not running every day. I run uh, three to four times a week and then all the other days. And sometimes even in the days that I run, I bike uh, and I swim. Uh, and also what I do is I go to gym at least three times a week and I do my core exercises because core is very, very important when it comes to running because uh, you need to, to keep your core strong in order to avoid injuries. 
Also, I do transcendental meditation. I try to meditate two times a day and it really helps me a lot. I think it recovers uh, both my mind and my body. And third thing that I think is very, very important, that's sleep. Uh, I try to sleep at least eight hours a night. So normally after a long run, I do do some stretching and then I take an Epsom salt bath. Whenever possible, part of my recovery is I actually do take a nap after my long runs if schedule allows. I also do do some recovery by getting massages. So every two to three weeks, I schedule a massage. So I'm a huge fan of Yoga with Adrian on YouTube, and um, I usually try to fit in a few videos a week of yoga, whether it's, you know, a simple 20 minutes at the beginning of my day or ending the day with a, a nice flow workout. It's just nice to be able to not think about anything and, and give the mind and the body a chance to rejuvenate and, and slow down. Other things that I do for recovery, I think nutrition pay, plays a really big part. So I do try to maintain a, a, a healthier diet, eating lots of fruits and veggies, nuts and seeds, and making sure that I fuel before and after every run so that I have the energy that I need to you know, live life outside of running as well. I've noticed a huge difference since I've really started paying attention to what I'm eating before a run and then what I'm eating after a run. And for me, I found that running three or four times a week works best. I also ride my bike, do yoga once a week, strength train two or three times a week, take weekend naps, use a foam roller, and I love Epsom salt baths too. I've also focused a lot more on eating enough before, during, and especially after runs. And just like Zara has experienced, it's helped me a lot. Now that I'm in my 50s, I really notice that my recovery takes a lot longer than it used to, so I'm doubling down on my efforts to help that process along as much as I can. Oh, and I stretch a lot. I do all of these things as time and life allow, because sometimes you just can't do everything. Relaxing in recovery is a huge challenge for me. I know I, what I'm supposed to do. I know I'm supposed to eat right and get enough sleep and kick my feet up when I can, but our family is constantly on the go, especially with a toddler. I sometimes try to use a foam roller or do some yoga to stretch out a bit. Our daughter likes to join in with me sometimes, and she's at the point now where sometimes when she's meeting new people, she automatically goes into downward dog and sometimes three-legged dog to show off a little bit, I think. Um, she's been doing this since she was about 14 months old, and now she's 19 months old, so who knows what that's about. Well, one thing that's about is making for a very cute story. And Amanda's experience speaks to the reality of doing what you can because life is full of competing priorities. One thing that really helps me mentally recharge is that my husband, my daughter, and I often take a walk as a family along a river. We like to, you know, take in all the surroundings, see the wild animals. We sometimes sit around and watch the beavers eat or the muskrats scurrying along the river. So that's a really great way for us to just kind of 
recharge after our runs or just our long days at work. So yes, there is all this effort, the training and experimenting and recovering and injuries and preventing injuries and hard runs and fitting it all in. Among all of this, it's really important to stop and highlight the fact that there are bright moments all along this journey. Because this isn't just about running a marathon. It's not just about getting to the start line ready. It is about the day-to-day joy and well-being that this process brings, as well as those special moments that come along time and again when you surprise yourself with a particularly great experience. The last run that I did that left me feeling uplifted was a 10K time trial with a group called the LA Rebels. Now, I was definitely very nervous going into it, as I haven't done any speed work and I had no goal and really no assessment of where I was speed-wise for this or where to even start. And so I just decided to run with one of my teammates who had a, a more reasonable goal than what my ultimate goal would have been based off of my previous 10K times. And... Before I knew it, it was time to go, and, you know, I started off feeling pretty decent about two miles in. I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to sustain the pace or not. However, ultimately, I started to feel pretty strong and controlled. My breathing was fine. My heart rate was fine. And uh, after the race... I was very surprised and very happy with the outcome. You know, I felt good. And ultimately, it's just really great getting out there with others and pushing each other. And, you know, you're all in it together. And that's what it comes down to. And I feel like I wouldn't be the runner I am today if it weren't for the people that I run with and, you know, those who push me and motivate me. Like Nicole, and really like all of us runners in this series, Yao is lifted up by her running community. uh, Running not only makes me healthy and happy, but I also find a good friendship in that group, in the runner's group, you know. Sometimes we didn't talk, but we're just running across each other and say, Hi, how are you? I think it's, it's a nice feeling. Yeah, that make me want to come back again next day, something like that. Sometimes, however, we've just got to go it alone. For Amanda, the changes brought on by parenthood as well as COVID, in addition to having a full-time job, means that she hasn't been able to meet up with her training partners like she has in the past. Now I'm doing most of my training solo. I find it harder to keep the motivation the same way I did before. For example, I recently did a hard workout, two miles at marathon pace, followed by four by one mile at half marathon pace, and I finished it with an 800 at 5K pace. This was a high volume workout, and for me, it seems so much harder to do this type of workout without training partners. I started off the workout with no one at all at the track and was asking myself if I really thought I'd stick it out and do more than 26 laps on a track. That really didn't sound too appealing, especially not in the humid summer weather. When I had about two laps left, 
of the two mile, I looked up and noticed some people walking onto the track. I realized it was my husband and my daughter, and then I knew I had to keep going. At the end of each interval, my daughter handed me my water, and my husband gave me mini pep talks. He let me know that my teammates who did the workout the night before went through the same struggles I was going through, and that doing this workout on my own was as much a mental workout as a physical one. Having them at the track pushed me. I absolutely know I need to put the work in for the marathon, but I also sometimes talk myself out of it without that extra push. I didn't want to quit, especially not in front of my daughter. So while Amanda is finding motivations in uplifting moments of motherhood, Jana is experiencing the total joy of coming out the other side of injury. So a run that made me feel so refreshed and so good um, was just this past week when after taking four weeks off from running and instead um, I had just been doing those pool workouts and doing bike workouts, um, I decided to go out for a very slow 30-minute jog. I kept it on grass um, to keep it a little bit easier on my legs and it felt so good and so refreshing to just be outside and to be able to to move my body and to be running. Um, I think all of us who are runners, you know, we, we cross train, we do other exercises and other activities, but there's really no feeling. There, there's nothing to me that's more refreshing and more energizing than just going for a run outside. No doubt that's a joy we all share a love of how energizing and uplifting a great run can be. And that often shines brightest on the weekly long runs. These are the cornerstone of any marathon program you'll encounter, the one run that you cannot skimp on. To do a marathon, you must prepare your body to be able to sustain the distance. These can be the toughest training runs and also the most rewarding and memorable. That is precisely what Rochelle experienced recently when she ventured out on a long stretch of road that skirts a wilderness area close to her home in Randolph, Massachusetts, just outside Boston. This Saturday, I did a long run on on Quiddy Road. Normally, when I do my long runs, I love to start out early in the morning. I don't run, like running in hot weather, so I tend to be up at the crack of dawn and get to running. So on Quiddy Road is an uphill course. Um, it borders the Blue Hill um, Reservation. So for the beginning part of the run, um, it's uphill. There lots of trees, you hear the birds, get to see the pink sky as the sun is rising and all the greenery and vegetation. At that point in the morning, it's not that trafficy or high travel volume. So um, I'm by myself and that's okay because I do a lot of my runs by myself because it's so therapeutic to be out on the road by yourself. I often listen to music or listen to something motivational just to keep me going and focused, but at the same time, that serenity is something else on your long runs, having that time to yourself. So um, when I got to 138, I frequent that area when I'm driving out to Randolph, so there's a Dunkin' Donuts in that corner, 
and whenever I'm at the Dunkin' Donuts, I'm wondering, well, what's down that other half of the road? So, um, I crossed 138, um, and then explored that other half of the road that I had been wondering about what was there. So, of course, the still board is the Blue Hill Reservation, so um, I did see a couple of hiking trails and lots of vegetation, lots of trees. So, I, I got... I got a need met. <laughs> I got to explore and see what was down that road that I've been wondering, wondering what was there for a while. Then I ended up turning around and coming back up. I'm going to say up and down Anquity Road because it's, it rolls. So as I'm heading back at that point of the morning, I'm no longer by myself. There's tons of cyclists out cycling. Um, there's good mornings. They move out of the, my way so I can run. There are people out doing um, yard work. A lot of the, the cyclists were like, sis, we see you. Sis, you got this. I do recall there were two guys that were doing um, lawn care. And as I ran by them, they're like, you got this. You got this. And just to hear messages like that, good mornings, you got this. Sis, I see you as you're out there and you're doing your long run. Just makes you smile. Makes you realize that the world is a beautiful place and there are people out there that are kind. Um, so that was an amazing run. I got in my adventure. I got in my sense of community and feeling pushed along the way as I was doing my long run. Yeah, I feel that. And it's uplifting moments like those that boost my ongoing commitment to this athlete life. I mean, for me, they give me a boost not just as a runner, but in my everyday life. In these still uncertain and I'm finding incredibly challenging times, Running and everything around being an athlete has been something I can lean on to help me stay healthy, calm, well, at least most of the time, and focused. And for sure, I love the community that surrounds it all, and I appreciate them now more than ever. Over here, I've been showing up for weekend group long runs and some weekly speed sessions put on by Tracksmith. And that has been a welcome highlight in my training. And my local club, the Somerville Roadrunners, is always a great source of support. Sharing hard efforts with other people is one of my favorite activities. Period. It is absolutely one of my most favorite things to do. Looking ahead in this series, we'll be checking back in with the runners again soon. And we'll also give a look back at how we all got into this year's Boston Marathon. And... We'll share the stories of last year's virtual marathon, which reveal both how we were able to adapt to the moment and how much we missed not being able to do the real thing. I also welcome you to visit our website, stridesforwardpodcast.com. On the page for this series, you can find some extra information and great photos of each of the runners. We're also active on Instagram, at stridesforward is our handle. Check out our feed and our stories. And subscribe now in your favorite podcast app so you don't miss an episode. And please tell a friend. And of course, thank you for listening. 
We love telling these stories, but as I mention every single episode because it's true, we could not do it without you. Your being here and sharing Strides Forward with others is truly what keeps us going. We also couldn't do this series without our incredible featured runners. A big thank you to Patty, Amanda, Rochelle, Zara, Maria, Nicole, Jana, and Yao. We also want to give a special thank you to the Boston Athletic Association for their help with this series, especially Chris Lotzbaum. And a thank you to my pod prod crew for keeping me grounded and motivated. The Strides Forward team includes me, Cherie Turner, your host and producer. Cormac O'Regan creates all the original music and does sound design. And he does that from his studio in Cork, Ireland. April Mariner of Bonfire Collaborative does all the design work for the show, including the website, merch, logo, and social media. She comes to you from Truckee, California, and you can find April at bonfirecollaborative.com. Please continue to join us for the next steps along these Boston journeys. Until then, this is Cherie wishing you many healthy, joyful strides forward. Running should be simple. Just put on your shoes and go. And yet, when you try to learn about how to get better at it, especially as you age, you're confronted with conflicting advice, complicated workouts, and confusing nutrition trends that just won't work for you. On The Planted Runner, I'll share exactly how to run faster, longer, and feel great doing it at any age because you don't have time to waste. I'm Coach Claire Bartholik, and I went from not running at all in my late 30s to finishing a marathon in 2.58 at age 42, all on a plant-based diet. I've helped hundreds of runners achieve new personal records well into their 60s and even 70s with science-back training, plant-based nutrition, and proven mental strength techniques. Each episode of The Planted Runner is like a private coaching session on the run where you'll learn from me and the guests I interview. You'll get actionable lessons to help you become a better runner every week and reach goals you never thought possible. Whether you're training for your first 5K or your 50th marathon, take along the planted runner on your next run. Let me show you how your best running is still ahead of you. 